straight from the Soul Slam Studios in Makati City, Philippines. This is Life Deck, a show hosted by Antonio Aguirre Jr. Join his journey of entrepreneurship, growing up, friendship, basketball, and everything else around it. He's going to be sharing his personal experiences together with the amazing people he's met along the way. This is his journey, and these are the cards he was dealt with. This is Life Deck. Let's go. On the first episode of Life Deck, we dive into the mind of multi-brand owner and side hustle master, Rafa Rodrigo. For an hour and a half, we learn how he used his huge network in setting up all of his businesses from scratch, how important it is to build a strong and lasting business relationship with your friends, and being able to balance it all with your family. We also talk about some of his side hustle stories, such as reselling the LV Supreme Collection and how we made money off of it by investing in good connects abroad. Okay, for those that don't know, uh, tell us who you are and uh, what you do. I'm Rafa Rodrigo, and um, I run a few small businesses. Okay. Such as I help. I'm a partner at the Nines, um, <laughs> a concept store, and a few F and B outlets like your local. Also, you have F and B um, type of businesses. Yep. Okay. Well, you know we first met I think around 2013 2011 uh, what was it 11 at my store no 2013 at your store oh, yeah, 13 brick and mortar yes, right yes, your store I remember I'm good I'm good yeah, with years 13, yeah um, you invited me to go to your store we yeah. spoke via Instagram yep and then I went to your store uh, brick and mortar in Capitolio yeah. and then um, I got a few stuff from you um, and it promoted them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how we. 13, yeah. That's how right. We. Oh, when did you start that brick and mortar store? When did that one close? Started twenty thirteen. I closed it twenty eighteen. Oh no no twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. I stopped because I got bored. Not really because it wasn't doing well, but because I got bored. I started it because I was running a, um, an online store based off of Instagram and it was okay. doing well, but I opened the brick and mortar store for legitimacy purposes. Right. <laughs> because the market wasn't ready for a, just a purely online store. They were always looking for somewhere they can actually for, see. For it. basically yeah. for kids that that wanted to see an actual store yes. from you, right? Okay. But, like, when did you decide, like, hey, it was time to shut this down? I need to move on. Um, when I felt like it wasn't really growing anymore. I wasn't growing right. with the store itself and expanding it just wasn't an option. Yeah. And, and, and then I got an offer from my current partners now at the Nines to open up a concept store and I right. I took that as the sign that I was right it was time to pack up yeah I think like people think that it's a sign of failure when you close down a business just because you know you had to close it yeah. I mean but it, it opened up new new doors for you right yeah when when you when you did that because yeah. people think that you know oh he closed up because it was just not doing well for him but at the same time, you know, you, you learn from it. Like, 
Like yeah. I had the same I had the same kind of store too yeah. before. Like I opened a sneaker shop in yeah. in BF back then. That was my first time in retail. Was yeah. was it your first time yeah, with, with first retail? Time see, in so yeah. it was really growing pains, right? Yeah. Like you know, handling people, doing the inventory, yeah. merchandise, buying yeah. stuff for your store, making sure it's always fresh. Handling um, suppliers. Supplier, handling, yeah. shipping, yeah. everything. So. Yeah. You know, it, it revolves around really passion. Like I I don't think that it was it was something that your um it was your primary source of income. No, it was never no. about making money. No, it was not making yeah. about money. But right? it was making money. It was it, just, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, because every every time like new entrepreneurs want to open business and say that oh, I want to open business because I want to make money, and that really sets them up actually for failure right yes. away, right? Because in the short game, yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to win. But in long long game, you're not. Because you're you're going to get tired. You're going to burn out right. way too early before you make back any sort of good money. Right. Like, I, I've seen a lot of, of business people, like, do that because it was just hand-me-down businesses to them. Yeah. And it was... They, the it wasn't their business. A family yeah. business. And then it's not really their passion. It's like, like you're, you're an art gallery business. Yeah. You're doing so well. But you're not really an artist. Yeah. You know, you could be like an accountant or something yeah. like that. And it's not, it's not really your, your thing. Yep. And in, I, I, growing up, I, I think I saw my, my, my family, like the, we were all in the, um, in the pawn shop type of business, yeah. jewelry type of business. And that's what I grew up uh, accustomed to, but it's not something I, I grew in myself into. <laughs> Loving the actual business. Right. Like, it was making money, no yeah. doubt. But you know was it something i want to do for for the rest of my life like that's why i understand like why my cousins didn't pursue that type of business too even if my my aunties and my my uncles were in that business as well like people were saying like oh because they're rich already or they're making money that's why their kids are not doing the same business it's just if it's not what you want yeah you don't need to yeah (laughs) were you were you forced by your parents to to take a course like no, what they no, wanted no. for you? No. What they, did you take they up? They let in? me do whatever I wanted. So <laughs> I, I took up culinary arts and then I realized the money in culinary arts just wasn't <laughs> for me. Working full-time in a kitchen would, it didn't make sense. That's what I would make. Like, at most, maybe thirteen to 18000 starting. <laughs> and I would spend that in a night out. Yeah. So I decided to... Basically, um, join a friend who who was into doing events, concerts, and then that's where I basically saved up money to put up other businesses. And then now I'm out of the events industry because it's really, it wasn't really for me. It was just a money maker for me to actually spread my wings, basically. (laughs) Tell tell us, like... What, what was it like growing up for you? Like, uh, what was your influence growing up like as a, as a kid at home with your parents and siblings if you had? Uh, I have two younger siblings, a girl and a boy. Uh-huh. Both, well, both are still in school now. Uh, my parents are both employees. So, But my mom always had this thing that she instilled in me that she never wanted me to be a just an employee mm-hmm. my, in my life so she said you know you can start off as an employee learn the ropes but you should always want to be an entrepreneur just because 
you'll have the freedom to do what you mm-hmm. want. And I don't want you to be like me where I'm stuck and I, that, I that, have no that's, choice. That's, that's really surprising considering your, both of your parents are both employees in yes. a business. I'm sure they've been doing that for a long time already and they never considered doing business. Well, well, my, my mom now has a few businesses okay. that she's making more money out of than her actual job. Right. But so she, she has just, like two two revenues of income. Uh, revenue yeah, streams. basically, yeah, a few streams of income mm-hmm. that she does. She makes way more than what she gets from her job. It's just <laughs> that she can't leave her job because of her current boss who right. is having problems looking for someone to replace her. Okay. Trust issues. Trust you know? issues, yeah. Being an accountant herself is... How about your, your dad? My dad is... Well, my dad works for the government. He's a tax mapper, okay. assess, a city assessor. So he doesn't really care what I do as long <laughs> as I'm doing something that is beneficial to society. Tell us how, how beneficial it is to have like a, a huge network for you. Like... How, how did you know that your network was useful for you and what you do and what you want to do? Basically, all of my bi- current business current businesses now are based off of my network. All of my partners I've met through right. different uh, sources, I guess, from common friends to meeting right. at the shop. Some even at parties, yeah, right? Yeah, some, <laughs> some at parties. And then now, I don't have... A business that I don't have a partner all of my businesses have partners or yeah. at least a, at least one partner and it, it just makes everything so much easier for because me. there's a level of trust already aside from trust it's yeah. just you you should you you won't spread yourself too thin if you have people who can help you out right on the same level as you because if you have a, a, an employee can help you out up to a certain degree. Right. But of course, decision making is it, it's hard when it, when you're alone. You know, like some some entrepreneurs like uh, ask that, like, why is it like my employee doesn't, you know, give the same hundred percent, like I do? It's like it's like asking someone to love your child, right? Yes. It's like you know asking someone to like here's 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 what you'll make and love it the way I do as well. It's hard to instill that to an employee. It's hard to instill the same with a partner who makes less than you. Right. You know, like, it's it's gonna be fair if someone gets pretty much almost the same percentage if you work for the same amount. Right. You know, but if, if, if someone earns more, then it's either they cash out more or they <laughs> maintain a certain higher degree of risk right. than you. Or they work as much as you if they want to earn the same amount of money, but it's it's fair. True. You can't you can't expect to make the same amount of money, work less, and cash out less unless, of course, the business is based on on you. If it's a brand like, for example, I would say like Vice Cosmetics. Then mm-hmm. if you're not Vice, don't expect to make as much as Vice right. if you're not working twice as hard as he is if he is the brand itself. That's that's basically only one of the examples I can think of that you can actually leverage your name more than actual, I would say, hard work for equity. 
that's the important thing. If if you don't, I mean, it's all about leverage. Eh? Like, yeah. it's actually we we call it lever leverage. Uh, uh, e- entrepreneurship, like you use that to your advantage. Be able to use that as all all those things to your advantage. If you're not able to use that, then it's really gonna be hard yeah. to. It's like making your like basically strengthening your weaknesses with someone else's strengths, strengths right exactly. that's why yes. like me i'm not creative so i get someone that's more creative than me more Pretty crazy much, yes. right you get someone that you know can can do the job that you're not great at and admitting it yeah. that you're not great at it yeah means you're taking accountability for exactly. it right so like like for example me like my business partner Kyle mm-hmm. for the nines he's good he's amazing at all of the back end work right like, yeah Kyle's amazing with you that. Know, and like that's we we have another partner Brent who's good at pretty much creative marketing um, marketing merchandise I mean like visual merchandising like, and DM is difficult too yeah and that that's how it works right. you know like like everyone is accountable for one thing yes. right and you're accountable for another thing yes so, so you know. You know, like yeah, like I'm accountable for you know, I guess, just <laughs> doing whatever I can to help out. <laughs> no, but, but but then again, I don't I don't have as much of a percentage of the company as they do. Right. You know, so it's like what I said earlier. It's percentage based. Yeah. Yeah. You you deserve what you work. Yeah. What you work, work hard for. for, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, people always think like. You know, their question is, how do I get rich? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the question is, what service can you provide? Yes. <laughs> that that provides value to other yes. people. And how much? That, that's the question you yeah. should be asking. Like, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Like, because you're gonna get paid for what you do yes. for helping, right? You don't do anything, then don't expect <laughs> anything. But or like, you just well, that's what they say. Like, you have to figure out a problem for you to solve and that's where you can make right. your money. People pay for problem solvers. Yes. Not for, for problem makers. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they think that, you know, um, you know, people can have all these ideas like, you know, I'm gonna open the, the Uber of this or I'm gonna, yeah. you know, make the Airbnb of this and like, I'm gonna be the Tesla of this but at the end of the day, like, even if someone gives you that idea, if you're not, you know, you're not pulling person. pulling all the weight yeah. in but it's, it's, it's not gonna go anywhere like, like there's and so many ideas people have it's just how they execute it and how it's hard not, they work it's not hard just for about it. the money a lot of businesses are started off with whatever money they had in their pockets right. not not so much right. money like, i i had this message um sent to me by one of my instagram followers and he said like how do i start a business and i don't have much capital and I, I told him what do you like doing like I'm good at buying and selling stuff and it's like okay then ask someone that to supplies you to get you a good uh, line of credit because you're already getting stuff from him why don't you mm-hmm. get from him because you have a level of trust that you said you have with your yeah. supplier work with that right yeah, so small amounts right bigger, bigger, and then bigger, if you bigger. fuck up if you mess up with with the, the merch you, you, you lose it then you pay for it. That's yeah. your because that's your responsibility. Your mm-hmm. But at least now you're getting more stuff with lesser uh, money out yes. from you. So people always think that you need money to make money. Well, you know, like money is a tool. Yes, it's yeah. true, right? 
what what I tell my friends who ask me how they how can how they can open up businesses if they don't have much money. Well, I told them like, if you really want to open up a business, then you're <laughs> gonna find the money. If you can't find the money, then you don't want it enough. Yeah. You know, there's you know, it's fine because there are so many people who have so much money on the side mm -hmm. that they don't know where to spend it, yeah. and that's why they open franchises. Yes. Right. And the ones who open franchises, they're the ones making money just because mm -hmm. they have the idea. Yep. It's just that they don't have the, the capital for it or they just don't want to spend for it. Yep. Like they know they have a business proposition, mm -hmm. they bring value, but then they just don't want to spend all their, their, their money on it. So they, they get partners who invest in it. Basically, yeah, the franchisees. Like? So franchisers looking for franchisees to expand their business <laughs> without actually them being uh, part of it in the like basically in the daily kind of sense you know? right they're, they're, they're not they're not the ones spending it's like you know yeah. you get a franchise of 7-eleven like I know how difficult it is to bring all those products together mm -hmm. like if you were the one setting that up from scratch it would be so difficult mm -hmm. like putting all these brands inside one place it's okay. just like it's basically a multi-brand yeah. Right? You know, you get all the cold uh, cold beverages, you get the donuts, you get the hot dogs, everything as cigarettes. Putting them all together is a hard task. And a daily delivery of the fresh breads. Right. It's like just one basic thing, like like having like let's say potato corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how like it's easy to get the, the potatoes, but just getting the consistency of it. Daily like, no and and, and also, the powder. It's what what people don't get is that it's still hard work to run franchises. Right. To, they they think it's going to be successful right away because yeah. you got a franchise of like, let's say, uh, one of the fastest uh, going, uh, like fastest ROI franchises like Shakey's. Yeah. You see their ROI is between nine months to a year for, yeah. for that type of business. But, you know, if, if you're not putting in that work too as an owner, yeah. it's not going to yeah. make itself profitable. big. Yeah, profitable. Like what? What I did now? I'm opening up um, um, a cafe franchise called Black's Group. They open. They're about to open a hundred stores, and they've only been open for a year. Mm. Their first line of business was Infinity, and then they realized they needed a broader scope, for right. like I, I guess a menu. And then now they open Black's Group, and they the company only owns one store. <laughs> and they're about to open a hundred stores in a year. That's Mine insane. is gonna be like I think the fiftieth store to open, and I'm opening this October. I think they opened like maybe September last year. Right. And then now, yeah, they're about to open a hundred stores because I think under construction is about eighty something. Right. And they only own one store. Yet they've made uh, they make roughly a million pesos off of each store for basically just the franchise fee itself. That's insane. That that's they've made so much more than what they'll make off of one store. Right. The, so yeah, I mean the franchise business is something you should look into. I mean take for example Turks. It's a small business. Right. They started that with probably well, the company the company itself I think had like a meat supply business or something like that from what I've heard. And that was their core. Yeah, that meat was supply. Their core. Because that's key. Yeah. <laughs> the meat is the key in that business. But I, I guess yeah, they might be a bad example, but I guess smaller 
a smaller scale business would probably be that Aterikas of the uh, bacon silog mm-hmm. business. Yeah, yeah. And it's starting to blow up now. And that that was a home based business from what I've heard. And yeah, I think now the franchise that is roughly a few hundred thousand pesos. So from just right. like a homemade recipe to now slowly blowing up basically all over the country with like a food stall. You know, and that that's you to open up one of those is probably a, at most two hundred thousand pesos. And of course, yeah, it's it's still a lot of money, but if you need two hundred thousand pesos to open up a business, I'm sure you can work on it. Right. If if you tell me you can't find two hundred thousand pesos to open <laughs> up a business, then I'm sorry. If you can't sacrifice one two years worth of working hard at let's say a call center to save up two hundred thousand pesos, yeah. then entrepreneurship isn't for you because you have to work twenty four seven to run a business. Yeah, I mean sacrificing is a big word. Like you know, I I feel like um some people don't put in like enough sacrifice for what they do. Mm-hmm. to achieve what they want <laughs> I live well my motto in life is basically it's the price you pay for the life you choose so right if, if you know if and, and then they they actually say that it's it's even lonely being a successful entrepreneur just because you miss so many anniversaries you miss so many birthdays, birthdays parties. parties get togethers all these things yeah. and you take less vacations because you need to focus on these things but you know it's the price you pay yes and not a lot of people are willing to pay that price for, for them to be that successful yes. i i like literally the past what maybe five years well past four years ever since my first child was born i've right. only been out at night maybe i would say six times out of the past, in the, yeah, in the right. past six, in the past four years, and, two and, of those and, to your events, right. the other four were—that's <laughs> what I'm gonna say. Store, store, <laughs> the other four were my store events. Yeah, that's it. I I haven't been to, oh no, I've been to one euphoric event in Revel, and that was the first and last time I went to Revel. <laughs> and one master. And, mo- and event. funny, it's funny because most of your friends are always there. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Most of the owners are our friends. Right, most of the owners are our friends too. And And then you're not there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so the palace itself, I've been there three (laughs) times. Three times. So maybe I've been out eight times the past four years. Including birthdays of friends. So Just because you have to wake up the next day. Wake up early the next day or because I would rather spend the time with my son only because I'm out the whole day. So it really is the price you pay for the life you choose. <laughs> right. It's it's not it's not you know it's 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 hard work, but it depends on how you feel at the end of the day. Yeah. If if you're if you're happy at the end of the day, then what what else matters? That's key. You know? Your happiness is key. Like yeah. it, er, everything else comes second. I think like mm-hmm. your happiness is the most important. If because you're not happy with what you're doing, why the hell are you doing this? Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, even if you're not making that much money, if you're happy and if you're right. employing people, then it's it's because you're you're just a level of contentment. Right? Exactly, it goes two ways. Like if you're content in doing this, then fine. But if if you're not content in having this, then do something else. <laughs> it's it's funny how people think that 
entrepreneurship relates to freedom and it's 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 not it's not it's exactly not. that per se but <laughs> it's not you, you you know you you get so much out of it you learn so much more than being an employee but you also learn a lot about being an employee i'm just saying that from uh, like this my perspective at least you learn so much out of i guess life in general when you when you work with so many people yeah like entrepreneurship is a way of life Mm-hmm. It's not like a hobby. Like it's funny. Like I see all these kids like posting on their Instagram, like CEO, owner, <laughs> or founder of, of this and that. When and when you stalk them and find the, the body of work that they've done for the brand or business that they have, you don't like, see it. Much. It's yeah. just everyone likes talk a big game. Like mm-hmm. and then you find them on their Instagram Instagram stories. You're, they're always at like clubs, partying, yeah. always on the vacations. Like really now hey. <laughs> it's like you're, you're wish i was you bro it's like bro it's like what ben baller used to used, uh say it's like ghost balling, ghost balling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what ghost balling is it's like like you're you're trying to live this life that yeah. you know you're doing all these things and you're successful but entirely you're not yeah. it's like people say that fake it until you make it yeah <laughs> it it could work before yeah, yeah. it it might have it, worked it, it, before it now it yeah. the bullshit comes out now yeah. it works up to a certain degree I <laughs> right mean, I, 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 uh, when, I when they put you in the spotlight yeah. already it, it doesn't it, it, work anymore yeah. it's out there yeah i agree with that though like, sometimes <laughs> it might work it, 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 it i mean you have to trust your instincts at some point there and you can probably fake it a bit but you can't really fake it 100 percent no just, no that's just basically lying in general, <laughs> it's lying you know? in general. like in the short term you could like sell off something yeah. like like when you open a restaurant right like yeah. you have this super nice marketing yeah. team and then it's like the best tasting food ever yeah. and then when you go there it's like fuck that shit what <laughs> crap is this they're not coming back yeah. to you yeah they're not yeah. and i think that's one reason like like hype is very dangerous for yeah. like businesses like right. restaurants yeah. you know yeah. how dangerous it is because at first they will taste your food it's like oh this food yeah. is great and stuff like that and then people say like oh no it's bad like it's horrible it's worse and then it's overpriced and everything then there you are down the drain right away so like, that's why it's like some franchises like from the states like, go here yeah. they don't last a year yeah like yeah. one example is pf chang like, yeah pf chang the chinese food one. in the philippines is yeah. great you can't bring that you can't bring american chinese no it's it's not it's like, not gonna work there's so many yeah. chinese filipinos yeah. here Let, let's see maybe maybe uh i was at Panda Express might work. Maybe. Because it's a cheaper version. Of Maybe. Chance, I think if, if you fix your price points, unlike, yes. I, I think like, um, um, what's this burger in, in Shake Shack? I think it's, it's a little high on the price. If you mm-hmm. lower the price, it could, it could work. I don't yeah. think long term, it's, it's something that could work. Yeah. Like the price point, I don't it's know like what, what deals they made. Pesos. With yeah. the with the with the owners, but having that kind of price point for a burger won't be enough to sustain it long term. It's just yeah. for me um, outrageous for you to pay eight hundred sixty pesos for yeah. a burger, fries, and and a shake. I yeah. mean, they they were known mostly for for their shakes. Shakes, yeah. right? Their shakes now are what two hundred something pesos. Yeah, I think it's one one ninety, one ninety, something like that. But and I mean, the shakes are still good though. 
yeah, I mean, it's easy to bring it here in the Philippines. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, you know, as if you're bringing the cow. Yeah. Opening, <laughs> opening a business is easy. Right. The first year, I would say, <laughs> you can probably wing it, but then experience yes. reigns supreme after the first yes. year. Sustaining it is hard. You know, my, 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 my brother-in-law said to me that, um, you know how many restaurants open business every year? Like, out of 100, mm-hmm. only 10 of them will survive yeah, the first year. Most. This is actual data yeah. from, from those that open um, single proprietorship business. And then out of those 10, in five years, who will last five years, it's only like three of them. Yeah. Three or two uh, at most. Two, three of them at most. It's, it's just that hard. Yeah. I, I'm part of a restaurant group called Your Local here in Legaspi Village. When we opened in Legaspi, a lot, I've heard so many from uh comments from my friends like why are you opening in the Gaspi village no one goes there at night right blah 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 i trusted my gut only because i trusted the chef i love the idea i mean i guess it was it was really a lucky shot so it's doing really great <laughs> it, it, it did really well and it's actually still doing well up to now and we it might when did act- you open it to 2014. Wow, five years. Five years. So you know it. It stood already the test of time. Yeah. So five years is is. It's great. funny that we never really had the local hype, but we've gotten yeah so many write ups from foreign foreign publications like uh, New York Times, right. Monocle. So. It's it's not always about hype, but of course, if you want to make a quick buck, then it's always about the hype. Yeah, but I think most most clubs rely on hype, hype. right? Because you have the first two years, yeah. first year to make money, first the uh, second year to to uh, to gen- generate, generate income, profit, yes. and then the third year is where you start renovating it again. Yes. That's the, that's rebranding. What, yep. Right. I mean, yeah, restaurants you can't do the same with the restaurants only because it's too expensive and you don't really make as much yeah, money. Yeah, you can't change much from it because your core is one food that makes you great. It's yep. not just the, the ambiance of your, your place. It's yep. the food. It's like, you, you know, beer would always taste the same. This cocktail would probably vary, but right. not so much in flavor. Not unless, of course, you're going to a cocktail bar wherein, you know, they have their own special yeah and, and that's why like like fast food chains like Jollibee and McDonald's are successful because they have their consistency yeah on what their products are besides that their marketing is that it feeds off your happiness yeah like exactly. though it feeds off happiness like you know you have a happy meal yeah and then you have the nostalgia yeah of you growing up like what was your favorite food from Jollibee growing up like my most chicken joy and basically everyone's and since 1985 or 84 I've tasted a chicken joy it's never fucking changed right (laughs) the gravy has never changed like it's the same thing your spaghetti is just Filipino spaghetti still it's still the same but you still keep coming back like do you go to McDonald's and try to be like crying like <laughs> you're not right like at least you have a, a little smile a smirk yeah. on your face like you're, go, you're gonna order uh, that's my cheat day to day right yeah. it's like yeah I have Big Mac right now yeah. right you don't go there crying yeah. <laughs> now maybe now something changed though now I'm craving for the chi- spicy chicken joy that shit's really good yeah I, me I'm, I'm I'm 
sort of addicted to to KFC. Okay. Uh, for a time I, I wasn't, but now I'm back to KFC and Bonchon. But I do that only during weekends. Okay. I have my own food on weekdays, okay. so I, I take care uh, of. I I keep my <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm budgeting my my calories to to 1800 to 2000 calories okay. per day and then I work out like four times that's wow. what I do I just 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 so I can enjoy my weekends mm-hmm. with without hesitation like eat up a whole box of pizza and a whole pint of ice cream all to buy by myself just cuz I know I, I did yeah. the job the entire week that's crazy <laughs> I mean age gets age catches up Right, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, like my, I had a, a recent accident wherein I had bone spurs in my body and I found out that I was eating uh, too much salty food and okay. I had too much protein in me because I had too much of meat. those, uh, uh, yeah, meat and uh, too much of supplements like sh- uh, uh, protein shakes. So I had too much of those. So it, it caused something really bad for, for my bones. So I had to wow. t- tone it down. <laughs> so those things, you know, like, you know, but it's still early. Like you know, we're like in thirties, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. some some kids like uh, it's it's funny. Some kids approach me like you know I'm hopeless now because I'm twenty seven, and yeah, you know I I, I still don't know what I want to do in life. It's like you know what I always advise like kids like after f- like fresh grads like on your first five years just you know learn a lot of things like yeah. figure out what you want to do and make mistakes don't be afraid to make mistakes because you're not yet in a, under a microscope some people say they want to get experience before they open up a business that's true that's 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 how i saw it and then i realized that i had a bit of freedom so i opened up a business and learned things along the way yeah you know google helps a lot when you start right i mean growing up like my parents didn't have google like like my mom wanted to sell uh distiller machines when it made you know like it wasn't reverse most it's like distilling machines for for houses and she didn't know what a distiller was yeah so she had to you know ask people who are in the knowing that to know about, about how this how it works and so how she can sell it properly, right? So it's not like she goes to Google, what is a distiller yeah, machine? Yeah. It's like, you know, information is just so readily available. Available, like even even like if you want to start your own YouTube channel, yeah. like if you want to start like your own uh, podcast, it's like yeah. how to start a podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. like like someone would ask, like I want to start growing um, mangoes, yeah. like. Just Google it, and there will be an answer for it. Yeah. Like, there's gonna be pages and pages yeah. of answers, like yeah. how to start growing mangoes, Mango. yes. <laughs> right? Like, whatever you want. Like, like you, you want to be a mechanic, like yeah. a specific car, like yeah. how to fix this on this car. You know? Yeah, how to change an engine. Yeah. It, it might take a lot of work. You might but, make mistakes, yeah. but repetitive, like yeah. doing it over and over again. It, it's the same thing. It's like you learn from it. You might make a mistake. Yeah. Right, but you're learning from it. I mean. Taking up short courses also helps. Like, you know, those two or three day sh- um, short courses about how to run this type of business. Yeah. Some people, they... The blank they, for dummies type of thing. Yeah, yeah. They say like, oh, that's not going to help or... <laughs> it or, is. You know, like it's too short for you to learn anything. But like if, if, if the guy who teaches you actually runs this sort, this type of business every single day... Mm-hmm. 
you actually learn from it. I I I, ra- I went to a, a bunch of those from from importations to uh, a laundry shop to a janitorial. That's supply. that's a far leap. Like you said, like from importation to laundry. Yeah. Uh, because, shit. Because, because, because it's what three thousand pesos to five thousand for each one of those glasses. Right. And I really wanted to see which one. Ra- I would actually like right like uh, like some explore some... your options because for me like at that point what I was going to basically one or two a month whatever I had extra I would spend on that and I would rather spend it on that than I was spending so much on shoes <laughs> that I only had to cut, cut back maybe on two pairs a month and you made a sacrifice just because you wanted I want, it more yeah I, I mean I wanted to learn more basically from industry experts on if I really was in uh, was gonna be into that sort of business you know like I realized like yeah I'm definitely not gonna be into a laundry supply uh, into a laundry business yeah janitorial supplies maybe isn't for me I went to a spa one also yeah definitely not for me you know? <laughs> but at least early on I learned from people what the pros and cons are not just via google not just via youtube you learn firsthand from those yeah, that from know firsthand experienced people right. that that's why okay, it's not really that. always that uh you learn from your mistakes but learn from, from those other people's mistakes that's yeah. why you lessen your mistake and yes. that's why i'm here too that's what i want to teach people is like you know the, the mistakes i have it, it's not something I, i'm i'm proud of yeah. it, it's difficult for me it's uneasy for me to share what my mishaps were yeah. before like what I did before, I always share that, but you know, it's so much uh, liberating to tell that yeah. because you're always uh, ab- you're able to share that to people, and yeah. you know, at least one person will pick it up and learn that. Oh, okay, he made a mistake in that. Yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be doing that same mistake as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why I go into businesses with friends, and I mean, people say there's a saying. Uh, Friendship built on business is better than a business built on friendship. Right. Because, you know, business built on friendship has so many... Weight uh, on it. Yes, has so much (laughs) weight based off of friendship now. might fight about this, that, and then you can't be really open to each other because of, you know, certain things. But if, if you built a friendship based on business and you met beforehand just for business and then right. build a friendship off of that then you know how basically how the other one works and if, if you don't like how the other one works then you don't have to be friends you just have to it's chemistry the business together it's, it's basic chemistry like yeah I'll, I'll take i'll take like a thousand really good networks o- over one million pesos cash right now yeah <laughs> just because of the opportunities yeah. that it'll, it'll give me like like yeah, like my friends, like my partners now for a, lo- a few of my businesses. Well, my mo- majority of my businesses, my my partners I met because of those businesses. Like we met because we were gonna open this, or I met them because I wanted to invest in this, or they wanted to get uh for me to supply them with cert- a certain right. something. And now we have amazing relationships because of that because of the trust because of what we've been through in business right. and you develop that level of trust yes. through time yes and proven 
through problems, not just through work, but also personal problems that we ended up consoling each other only because like we're entrepreneurs, we don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, the 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 you, you you can smell their bullshit from a mile away, yes. and that's how deep your relationships yeah. are with them. It's like when he says this, I'm like, oh no, yeah. you're shitting me, right? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, uh, uh, yeah, the relationships are so important to me for basically for business for bu- businesses. If you want to build a, a business and you want to bring in someone, it's you really have to have someone who, aside from trust, is also chemistry. You can trust someone, not have chemistry, and it's just it's gonna fall apart within the first year. Opening up a business with someone you you don't really know that much or That's you true. think you know them and then they That's start true. basically deciding on their own without consulting you or right. or putting in like so, as if they don't have yes. a partner. Yes, or basically never wanting to be the never wanting to I guess be the wrong partner or be drawing the short end of the stick where they have to be the one to sacrifice something is hard. It's, it's it's never it, gonna work out with yeah. someone. It's not accountable for no. what they do. Yeah, it's you know it, every everything is about accountability. Yeah. for that. That's business. what I've been saying. Like, you know, like what you mentioned with with the nines. Like, someone is accountable for this. Brand yeah. is accountable for for marketing. So if there's something wrong with marketing, they don't go to you and say, "Hey, yeah. Rafa, what's wrong? Yeah. Why is this picture so bad?" Yeah. Right? They don't they don't go to you, they go to that person. Yeah. I mean we have a marketing girl but she consults brand. Right, of course. Of yeah. Because yeah, like it's I mean, it's not just his job, it's just it's he's I guess the most knowledgeable out of yeah. the whole group. And and he empowers that, that person yes. that he puts in there. That's yes. important thing. You empower yes. that person to make that decision. Before you empower them, you teach them the ways on how to do it. Yes. So that's why I think the role of the CEO it's not to make the most decisions. It's no. to make actually the least decisions. Your yes. goal, CEO, is to make the least possible decisions. To empower because, everyone else around you to right. be able to actually decide for your company. That's Otherwise, how, you're just working basically all of the jobs at once. Right, like, all, all of the supervisory jobs at least at once. Because if, if you micromanage, then you're, you're just the CEO and you're the janitor at the same yes. time. There's no difference between you and the lowest rank and file person in, in your in your company because you're making decision you're all waiting for, for you to make decision else, yes. and then what goes on with with your company is that they're stuck with it if and you're not it's there slow. It, it slows and that's why process. some owners can't even take a short vacation yep. or leave just because you know they yep. don't empower the, the people People's in their company yes. to, to make that decision for them and then if they if they don't make the right decision then you know what what you basically just do is Ask them, I need to know why you made this type of decision. You know, you ask them why they made that because you know they think as if they they know how how to make that decision. But you ask them their line of thinking, yeah, and you you impact their way of thinking, like how they think about their make decision making in that. You know, helping people grow around you is one of the most. Amazing, amazing things you right. can do to uh, help out society. Like I like I never want my employees to stay with me. I always tell them I I want to make a three to five year plan with you that you're just here for that because you want to learn, 
if you even want to take my my contacts and suppliers go ahead i'll even help you with that i just don't want you being stagnant in here because i want every people that i have to leave because they have something better yes. for them like i want them to learn experience things you know make mistakes yes. learn how we make these decisions and hopefully they'll they'll be they'll be able to apply those in their businesses as well yes I mean that's that's basically how I think as well. That's, that's why I always when when I hire like people, I always ask them, "What's your dream?" Like especially the closer ones to you, like maybe, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you have like let's say a secretary or an yeah. assistant where yeah. they'll get stuck with you forever. I mean, yeah. like yeah, you know, you can give them a higher and higher degree of salary, but that's not the case. I think loyalty is good up to a certain point. It doesn't mean that if they leave you, they're they're not loyal. Yeah. I think. Uh, that's a bad connotation of like it's an old it's an old yeah. bu- business belief like when people are there in your company for 35 40 years it's bad yeah like if they're if they're that long in their in, in the business and i'm it, it's bad that I'm they've just, only grown up to a certain point right in your company where right. in like of course they can't really replace you because they're they're stuck in a level of comfort that that's just there and then they don't want to step out of your comfort zone like that's not what I want for my people. I want them to be uncomfortable because I want them to be able to make choices based on their intuition and their gut. Like, they're making this leap. Like, there's always two choices. You go here, you go right, left yeah. or right. Like, but you'll never know Until when you turn left, what's, what's in that right turn. And you have to live with it because yeah. you made that decision. Yeah. That's your call, right? And that's why I'm, I, I want to help my people like be in that position that they can make decisions and not regret it like they're doing this because they want to grow as a person i mean like in business as long as it's it's i guess an educated decision or an educated Educated guess guess. yeah you know it's it's a calculated decision i I think entrepreneurs make a lot of um micro risks right not macro risks like small risks every day like you know that like you make small risks every day it's like calculations how much we'll order yeah. how <laughs> all these it's, things it's it's uh, that's like people ask me why i don't gamble yeah we're already gambling friend, in the my business my friends <laughs> ask me why i don't gamble my friends who work some of my friends who are, are actually run businesses like bro <laughs> running putting up a business it's is, a gamble is gambling, bro. you know how like, much money yeah. you put in here <laughs> already like, <laughs> like it's so it's, it's so much worse because you put in so much effort right you know and, and i can't quantify that with a poker yeah. chip yeah. right like i'm going all in with this yeah. and this is my heart mind body and blood sweat and tears right yeah. here yeah. this is it you can't quantify it with that oh yeah and then like what you get back your money in a few months to a year to two years to three years (laughs) and then like yeah like to me like i'm already gambling like what more do you want i don't want easy money for me to just what risk this much and then short term yeah short term like okay maybe i'll put in what a few thousand pesos in gambling (laughs) only to have fun yeah yeah. definitely not to it's play for fun yeah not to make money how other people do it where they they funnel so much of their income from their businesses into actual gambling oh. it's it's so bad man. you know I, I spend some time in, in, in casinos and I've seen so many people in and out like faces you've seen like I'll see some people some regular people in there this year next year you're not gonna see them anymore and then when when, when you ask where's this person oh yeah. they went bankrupt already just just because you know yeah. I, I saw how 
I saw how they played. <laughs> it was just always all in. <laughs> and, and they think like the money will always be there for them. Well, to me, like, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, it's hard to be all in in gambling. But that's how you should be when you put up a business. You right. have to be all in. Otherwise, Not just all in in your money, yeah. but th- With, your, your mind yeah. and your heart in yeah. it. It's, it's all in. I mean, it's not just you. Because if you have a family, your family is part of it. Your family has to be part of the decision. Like, if you run a business, if you put up a, let's say, a restaurant. A restaurant, what, you wake up maybe... If you run it, you wake up maybe what right. four or five in the morning. Yeah, prep. You do you do prep? Yeah, you prep all of that. You end maybe if you do a late shift at the mall, maybe ten, back up. You and then get you, home around like eleven ish, and then and, you, and then you have to deal also with the issues of your yeah. your team during that. Time. I mean that's that's more than that's more work than you would actually do being an employee because you basically work 24 hours of the day yeah it's or not, at it's least not like, nine to five like physical work maybe 16 hours a day and then of course you, you have to take off more not including the time you have to spend with your family you can't not spend time with your family or else everything right. just blow up in your face <laughs> you know tell me how important is it that you have an amazing support group with you like just your your family, your wife, it's, it's, and your kids. How important is like your wife in 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 your in your life? She 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 runs her own businesses. I mean, it's it's funny how we just we we complain to each other about <laughs> your own businesses. Yeah, like you yeah, just vent out, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, same uh, thing here. Yeah. So uh, she 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 calls me in the middle of the day like, <laughs> like blah 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 blah. Like, I can't believe the supplier did this. Right. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then like, like to me, I'm just like, uh, you're yeah, just absorbing okay, it. Yeah. Like I can't even say anything anymore because like I'm so used to her just like blowing up like that. But then she's also used to me complaining about people because like you handle so much people. Yeah. And it's not just the staff. I mean, it's some of the people I work with, you know, some partners, um, um, I guess people who who I have to deal with, like suppliers or even, you know, like you deal with so, ma- so many people from the government when you, <laughs> when you, when you have so many businesses that go through so many phases, I guess, of paperwork from importing. Oh yeah, importing is one of the most amazing things to do <laughs> because you have to pay for so much, you have to deal with so many people, and the time you have to spend just trying to bring in a pair of shoes is so much, so much so effort. Much, so let much alone effort. Let alone bringing sure. in like containers of stuff, which is why. Kyle, because Sean, you are amazing, brother. <laughs> Kyle is the man when it comes to bringing <laughs> sh- stuff so much from anywhere in the yeah. world, like US, Europe, Japan. Like this guy brings in so much stuff, like, yeah, so much value th- that's br- brought in here in 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 our country. Like I remember when he he brought in Rastaklat, right? In yeah, the, <laughs> in the Philippines. I mean, Rastaklat <laughs> was crazy. Like my small store, I was selling about maybe four hundred thousand pesos worth of rastaclat a month right. for a few months, two hundred to four hundred thousand. A peak was like three hundred something or four hundred k. That's a thousand six hundred fifty pesos to a thousand pesos a right. piece. And I was in the middle of nowhere, 
in Capitolio where like you know it's not the middle of nowhere pero it's definitely a drive it, it, yeah it, it, you, it, yeah it's you, not like in the middle yeah. of the like shopping districts yeah, no. it's in a residential district and you have to go through what Ed suggests to get to my yeah. store and then yeah like intuition also because like what like with that are you, Kyle brought that in like a brand where it's a pair it's a shoelace knotted and it's selling for 650 pesos short shoelaces like i mean bro like (laughs) at first i was like man i don't know if i can sell this shit 650 pesos but he sold you on it yeah i was like all right fine if you're gonna consign let's do it and then yeah so kyle consigned and then the first month i was like holy shit did 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 you have uh those pants as well um joggers yeah th- those joggers uh yeah. what, what brand was uh, it published. Um, published yeah published published, published was ahead of its time yeah, published was too ahead and it was a bit pricey but i was i was selling a bunch of those yeah also. a little pricey but you know the, you pay the for quality the quality was there the quality the yeah the quality was there and then yeah, a lot of local brands started doing it. Even Zara has. Right, yeah. Up to now, Uniqlo still has joggers. Yeah. I mean, now, I don't think Publish still does joggers. I don't think they have it anymore. But we don't have Publish in the nines anymore. But I think Popcorn, mm. Popcorn carries Publish now. Okay. I think I'll... I don't know. How um, I, I think as, as a business like, you know, uh, Publish, like you mentioned, need to always be evolving. Because if not, they would have closed already. If yeah. that was their only product, yeah. like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> you should close down already. You know, like with relationships also, I want to go to the nines. Um, some bigger brands, they tend to they tend to not believe in smaller stores. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like with my store, like I approached a few brands before. But like, yeah, okay, I understood why they didn't want to go. Because like we never we didn't have any sort of relationship we didn't know right. who I was, but with with our store, I'm not gonna name the brand. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We approached them early on, and a few of our partners are actually like they endorse the certain brand, and they even uh, they go as far as actually showing up to that uh, to that brand's office like a few uh-huh. times a month. Yeah. And when our partners approach them to actually even like consign or even us buying outright, they dodged our partners for quite a bit of time and then like maybe a few months. And then we yeah, we 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 got the point, you know, like yeah, they yeah. didn't believe in the store. And then now they want they they were trying to approach our partners to actually consign, but now we have other shoe brands that we carry, even if they those brands aren't doing as well as they uh, as well as their brand would if we actually started carrying them it's not about that anymore it's about the relationship wherein right. they didn't show us any love when yeah. we wanted to actually carry them and now that we're actually doing quite well yeah. that's when they want to join the you know they want to get on the boat but uh, like bro now these brands supported us from the get go so you think we're going to drop one of them for you right and that's where loyalty plays uh pays off for yeah. for a lot of brands like you know sticking with with one brand 
you know, through the ups and downs, I think mm-hmm. helps a lot. Like even yeah. with people who promote them or endorse them. Yeah. I think loyal loyalty is, is a big thing. Yeah. Some you know, like there would always be people who would just be like, Oh, you know what? I'm gonna make more money with this brand. Like, okay. Yeah. Like I think it's time to part ways with the brand that supported me from the get go, but come on. It's it's do it for for at least the culture we're in, you know. Yeah. Don't be a sellout. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's it's hard because yeah, the industry now is littered with 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 people who you can't actually trust anymore, or at least rely on to be there with you for the long haul, diba? Like I I know I know for a fact that. Um, like wh- when I when I started handling the brand uh Fila, you know, um the owner asked me, um, how long will you stay with us? It's like I went here to the brand because I like the brand. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a fan of the brand. Not not because I need work. <laughs> yeah. You know? I approached you for for that simple fact that I'm I, I'm in love with the brand. I like it. I like its potential and I like the, the growth that it could have um, mm-hmm. looking for it like I saw something with it and that's why I'm sticking with it it's not it's not just about loyalty but because what you what you see in it and what you believe in it mm-hmm. you know I think that's important factor too it's it's not always the money that's, yeah that's in it like I, I built a very good relationship I believe with with the owner of the the owners of the company yeah. and I think that's one of the factors we're in I I'm I'm still with the with the brand just because I have a good relationship, relationship. with them, yeah. in and out of what we do with with the brand and outside of it, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think it's it's also same with with my consultancy like with the brands I I do consultancy for, like I always make sure that I have a good working relationship, yeah, and uh, you know uh, good communication with with them because handling brands it's about relationships, yeah, like for example with me. Like I, I'm friends with with some of the guys from Krispy Kreme, and uh, mm-hmm. they found out that I was part of the Nines, and that they wanted to do they wanted to do basically something for the culture, where they wanted to do collabs with brands. Right. And they, I, you know, I brought them to the store. I showed them what we had. And then yeah, we we put up we put a, uh, we put a list together of what brands they could do collabs with, and then they ended up with a few from the store. But I told them not to do a, a few of those, and then I made them do a bunch with local local brands, brands, yeah. local startup brands like support your friends, uh, mm. scoop um, community royalty, and yeah, now they're pretty happy with 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 the outcome of of the the collabs that they did like um there was one with um lazy sunday it's a it's a mm. shirt brand that does um, basically only food based designs yeah. like shaolong bao samgyeopsal so they did one for for crispy cream as well and uh, those collab um those collab items i guess fly off of shelves especially the one from support your friends the hoodie with 
with uh, I guess an I think that that hoodie sold really well the one yeah that that, that sold out really mm-hmm. fast and then they had to do a restock the the people in, in Krispy Kreme I've I've talked to them as well and a bunch of them they're all like sneaker heads yeah and a that, lot that's of that's, them are, that's yeah. it's fun talking with them um they're under the Maxis group right? yeah. So yeah, that's why when when we have our meetings, we always end up at at Maxis. <laughs> when when they have trainings and yeah. seminars, I, I go there and I talk to them about it. They're uh, one of the heads there. Um, Jim Pentebella. Like when when you meet him, he's like for an executive, you'd be shocked on how um, like how he dresses. He wears Patagonia. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so like Japanese brand. So it's some people get um i would say uh not really i would say maybe iffy dealing with with bigger corporations only because like yeah it, there's gonna be a lot of politics in dealing with these sort mm-hmm. of companies yeah. but now i think they're they're a lot easier to talk to only because the the executives are getting younger and younger and starting to level yeah level with the yeah. with the market and right. then now they're they're actually they're finally starting to realize that the culture will actually help them survive and not you know like yeah you know the the money's definitely still going to come from the parents or <laughs> but the kids are the ones who spend the money not the parents the yuppies also but you know, if you want to stay relevant as a streetwear brand or even just to be relevant in general with the, in the culture itself, you really have to level to, you know, I think like, generation. like brands are successful because they, they stay young. Yeah. And at the same time, they they cater to the market that's young. So that starts off their loyalty to a brand mm-hmm. as early as kids. That's why some brands, like some retail fashion brands have kids department just yeah. because they want to start them early yeah. so when the parents you know dress them up in in those clothes or yeah. those products that's what they get to the kids they grow up to yeah. it uh, easy is the easiest example right now <coughs> full but, size run yeah full size run from toddler all the way to adult <laughs> that's what you have for your kids mm, too basically <laughs> i'm about to cop the 700s for luca wave runner <laughs> let, let, let's talk about just uh, out of out business aside like you know what what brands do you look like uh, look at now like when you're when you're buying what are like I mean, top now, three brands now I realize that I'm not I'm done getting as much as I can before I was like <laughs> before I was like yeah I'm just gonna buy before okay. your your quantity and quality. Yeah. <laughs> now now I'm all about quality itself and like just not quality. Ha- not having anyone else wear the same shit. It, it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get rid of all those stuff, yeah. huh? <laughs> uh, like yeah, like basically I would basically get like what like uh, like shirts that were like one two thousand three thousand pesos and then I go to Rockwell and then I have I run into maybe three friends wearing the same shirt or the same brand or whatever okay and it's cool and all it's just that <laughs> like after a while like what i have maybe a hundred shirts in my closet that i bought <laughs> within the last two years and yeah. then i don't really want to wear it anymore only because everyone knows it's old yeah everyone knows this was like maybe um 
not really Zara, but maybe like Crocs and Castles, like what a few months, a few uh, like a few right. years ago. Right. So now, I mean, you know, like the Supreme Box logo is timeless, of course. Carhartt uh, plain tees are timeless. The pocket tees. You still buy Supreme stuff? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> you know, um, I think like. Um, my my general rule is when you're buying stuff or like when you're keep when you're trying to dispose stuff in in your closet is that if you haven't worn something in the past seven to nine months yeah. most likely yeah give it you're away. not that, that's what I'm doing give now. it away or or sell it for cheap yeah. that's it that's what I'm doing now and then now when I buy I think to myself am I gonna wear this yes. like forever forever yes. until this shit breaks yeah so now yeah now I'm willing to spend more on like a shirt from let's say Vis Vim or or Ralph Simmons or even LV or Gucci only because I know I'd wear this like forever yeah you know but like I would have less throughout but, the but year I, I, I avoid those large prints too like you know, oh yeah example, definitely like, not. like huge print of Gucci like with the snake yeah. you know no no like that, that, the more timeless and anything anything with a date let's say like 2018 yeah. 2017 yeah. I, I, I veer away from those just because it, yeah, it, it doesn't look timeless yeah it has to be for, something timeless yeah uh, well like for the the Gucci is definitely just the vintage tees. Just the, lo- the, the logo. The LVs or the one, the upside down LV. What LVs should you buy then? Because I, I haven't, I, I don't have a Recently, single naman, they've piece been, of, They've been doing pretty well with the plain shirts or like really simple LV, small LV logo. Maybe buy the pocket, like the upside down logo oh, okay. that was a Kim Jones design. I, honestly, I haven't, I haven't bought one LV product. Oh, well, that's that's clothing. That's clothing related. Uh, Everything's bad. Uh, Virgil shirts. Yeah. How how is it like? What do you think about Virgil's? Virgil's stuff with, is like out there. Like I mean, I really got a there. bag. I have a steam. Do you think it's something that's gonna be timeless too? I don't know. It's hard you to say. Know. It's hard to say. I would I would bet money on the <laughs> the Kim Jones collection yeah I'm not so too. sure about the yeah but Kim Kim Jones had like you know some misses as well oh yeah for sure like, I, I do sure. have some pieces that he had like there, there is still a miss for sure it's just that I think it's more timeless only because it's a lot less loud yeah diba? that's true like the, the basket um, shoes for for um, Virgil they're a bit too much for me the highs yeah diba? Uh, or the uh, what's that the yellow brick road uh, sweater right but yeah I think everything else oh his shirts are okay just not the ones with LV everywhere um he, I mean his his miscellaneous stuff is fun are funny like the yeah he he makes a lot of fun accessories at, um, Jenga yeah <laughs> it's just way overpriced but I mean like <laughs> I think big boy selling a, a box set. I'm not sure how much, but you know he, he has he has one, right? Yeah, he said <laughs> it's 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 probably it's you know, been like the hundreds of thousands of pesos. So the the leather goods, I would say they're okay. The I think those are gonna be timeless. The the small luggage uh, pieces from the one with the orange chains. Yeah, I think those are definitely gonna be timeless only because. Aside from quantity, 
it's it's not that loud. The only right. thing loud about it it's is the, the chain. orange chain. Yeah. And at least people know that it's C, so not, it's not really going to be there forever. Right. The design's good, you know. Price point is a little bit more expensive than the it, regular yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. So the, the hats, well, you only released a few. Less than 100, I think, of the leather embossed hats. Big boy selling an orange one for like I think a hundred something thousand pesos. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Does it fly? <laughs> I'm not sure. You only has one. Does it have a ref in it? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but you, I mean, you know how how funny it is. Uh, what what brand value can do, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you took out LV like that LV right. logo and that hat, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't cost uh, probably less than less than five thousand. Yeah. I think making that I'm sure it's not that even oh, that yeah. amount. You, you see it's the brand it, equity. Brand equity, like what brand value does it bring? Like yeah. a, a logo, that, and that's why brands are very careful yeah. who they associate their products with. Yeah, and then like well, like now, now with the before, before like the mainstream with brands, they just care about the brand. Now I think it's slowly shifting to who the designer is for the brand. Right. Like Dior shift to Kim Jones with their collabs with the designers mm-hmm. and the artists. I think that's doing really well for like them. With Gucci, um, Alessandro is yeah. doing such a great job with it because he brings so much nostalgia yeah. with the brand. He, mm-hmm. he, he's not futuristic. He, he's a yeah. person that doesn't believe in futurism. But what's from the past and make it like what's now yes i think that i think that's what makes like some some of the brands like like gucci very successful yeah is that they know who they are who yeah. they are like their brand dna yeah. and they they stick to it yeah but still connect to what's current yeah but not veer away too much from it yeah I, it's yeah pretty much it's that now i mean uh what like like let's say Remoa, Remoa's right. Remoa's there. Like if you need luggage, <laughs> it's Remoa, right? Deba. and their collabs now are doing quite amazing, deba. Like what like the off white. I mean, I don't really believe in that collab that much, but generally making money, it's it's pretty much the hottest piece of luggage outside of the Supreme True. collab. True. And it's it's a lot cheaper, but uh, the collab, the Supreme collab, is still doing like what four hundred thousand pesos for the the big suitcase. Like I, I remember the 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 first time I encountered Supreme, like I believe like a hat that I was trying to buy a red hat. It the guy told me it was hundred twenty dollars, and like flipped out to him. It's <laughs> like hundred twenty bucks for a hat? Are you yeah. kidding me? It's a fitted. Yeah. 714 uh, yeah. Supreme hat from New Era. Yeah. It's 35 yeah. bucks. And he said, it's Supreme, bro. <laughs> it's Supreme. It's this like, was when? This was when? This was 2011. This was my first encounter of the brand Supreme. I I, I told that in, in, in... I shared that story um, in one of my podcasts, like how I encountered the brand Supreme. And, I, and now it opened me up to other brands like Stussy, Obey. $120. I, I told the guy when I attended one one event, uh, one dunk uh, one exchange event in downtown San Francisco in one of the clubs in downtown uh, Howard Street. And 
I went in there. I was trying to buy shoes. Uh, ended up buying a Jordan for uh, white laser for okay. four hundred. That was a good deal. And then I asked this guy for the hat, and he said like one twenty. Dude, it's supreme, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I could not forget his face. Um, the guy, the guy is black, and he was he was like so pissed at me, like, fuck you. <laughs> are you are you insulting? Are you insulting my products? Like when I checked on eBay, it's like the hat was going for one fifty. It's like yeah, that's a good deal, <laughs> and that's why it sparked my interest. Like shit, he bought it for thirty five bucks, lining up. So if he got thirty five, I have a good profit of almost eighty five dollars. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> now I'm researching. Yeah, and that's how I got like into more into selling stuff yeah. back then like shoes yeah. like why is buying an 8,000 peso shoe gonna yeah. be 25,000 or yeah. 50,000 like the, the best the rationale behind it it's yeah. it's, it's not just hype, hype the basis of hype and how um, it's um, like the law of supply and demand it's yeah. like you know having 1,000 people want it's like selling water yeah. it's the same thing I, I have right? I have an insane insane story about the LV Supreme Cola. <laughs> so there's um there's a there's a, a concierge that you pay for annually. It's it's an it's called yeah, yeah. well it's called quintessentially at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's basically I think at that point it was like two hundred thousand pesos to be a member for a year. So they they pretty much try to get you whatever the hell you want. You still have to pay for it, of right. course. But so I was like, yeah, maybe I can use these people to get <laughs> to get LV Supreme. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll be a member, but you have to get me pieces from the LV Supreme collab, right? So my concierge was like, yeah, okay, okay, I'll I'll work on it because they're a global concierge. So Kent, my my concierge gets back to me with a list, all SRP, three box logos, bunch of shoes, bunch of shoes, bunch of bunch of wallets, and then he goes, yeah, this is all that I can get for you. Let me know if you want it. So my bill came out to like seven hundred thousand pesos, and then I computed, okay, if I get this, 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 this. And I sell all of this. Right, you get it for free. Yeah, so I get, <laughs> I got my shit that, for free. I paid for my concierge, and I still made money. <laughs> you know, I, that's how I did it too. Like my my sister's uh, husband's cousin, my yeah. brother-in-law's cousin. Yeah. Uh, she's the director in uh, Louis Vuitton for whole San Diego okay. area, and then she told my sister, "Hey, just does Jer want um, yeah. any of?" the supreme stuff that you have yeah. coming in here's the list it's yeah. like yeah give yeah. me those those those, yeah. those because I know if I buy this one and yeah. then um, like three of them is gonna pay for everything yeah like three out of ten yeah it's gonna pay for everything long yeah, term that's, just, that's, you just have to hold on to it that, that's little. pretty much it I still have the belt bag that I had yeah the, the bum bag the yeah. bum bag which you could not fit anything but yeah. two wallets and yeah. some cash yeah, now it's going for like what four hundred thousand pesos. Yeah, that that insane amount and yeah. and retail for it was just I think uh, twenty five hundred. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's it's crazy. Like now the I still have dead stock one double XL box logo LV Supreme at home. I'm still debating if I'm gonna frame it. 
<laughs> or if I'm gonna sell it because right now it's at like a hundred something thousand pesos yeah. if I sell it so I'm still debating it's still wrapped <laughs> in the LV wrapper <laughs> the original wrapper yeah the original wrapper no box but it's still at home I'm just like every day I pass by it in my closet like do I wear this do I sell this or do I frame this but it's a reminder to me that if I really wanted something I can find a way to get it I mean like I, you know, I'm lucky enough to have the money to actually right. do what, well, to have done what I did. But of course, like, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't know that I could actually sell the stuff because mm. shit, that's like 700,000 pesos worth of shopping, you know. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I got, like, for the, all the shoes I got were 9, 9, 9.5, 10, and 10.5. They didn't have 11. So I took the 10.5 for myself. I sold all the other three. Diamond Sneak shop. <laughs> so Rodney sold off my shoes. Um, I sold the wallets, the shirts. Rodney sold one of the shirts for me. And yeah, a bunch of the wallets I sold to friends who just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I ended up I ended up being able to pay for all of the stuff I took, all of the products and paid for too. the 200,000 pesos I paid the concierge yeah, that's a side and hustle. then so the concierge I basically used for the whole year with travel and basically other hookups but yeah like I side hustled the shit out of that transaction right. <laughs> but yeah that's that was one of the biggest and now uh, I tried to get a few of the remote things but they were, I just didn't have the time to focus on emailing the concierge so I let I let a lot of the other collabs go, but yeah. But just just one point, like you actually have the money to actually buy those things. Like I just wanna make sure, like the, the kids that are listening, is that you bought those because you can actually afford to buy it. You put in the the work to it. Yes, I, I like, not to just I, you know no, no, ha- like, have it. Like, I actually put in the work to actually get it, and I actually weighed. I weighed the risk. Because, like, if there was an actual point wherein I was thinking, like, if this goes, like, if they decide to do a general release of this shit, like, I'm... You're fucked. uh, You're fucked, right? So, I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready to take the risk. If ever, I'll just take a hit on whatever items, and then at least I, I secured mine. And then if there was a general release, they probably won't release all of the items. So I just took the risk. And yeah, knowing that, I mean, I took the risk knowing that I'm not going to keep any of the spares. I only wanted the box logo, a pair of shoes, and basically um, a wallet. That's it. Everything else I I said to myself that I'm going to sell. I mean, I could have kept all of it. It's just that, like, I wouldn't have had the money to invest in. I, I Well, at that point, it was... What was it? Shares for my ad agency now. Right. Or my creative agency now, because we pivoted from an ad agency into a creative So you agency. used that money for that? Huh? You used that money for the agency? Yeah, yeah, to invest in, in a creative agency. <laughs> yeah. So I had to sell... I, I knew to myself that okay bro like you have to sell all of this because if not you're gonna lose your shares in the <laughs> business so that was the hustle like I the only way to get 
um, the products is for me to actually be a member for of quintessentially. The only way for me to get a membership was for me to spend basically 200,000 pesos. Now they sent me a list worth like maybe almost 600,000 including shipping and taxes. And then so it came out to roughly around like almost 700,000 pesos. And then I the, the products the products came from where which country the products came from um paris paris yes okay. the the products came from france i i actually shipped it to my friend in la thinking that it would actually be cheaper for taxes and then send it in a balikbayan box <laughs> so they shipped it there my friend Chris can't accept it because they were asking for taxes. <laughs> so because they they were like, bro, like this is like twelve thousand dollars worth yeah. of items. Like you know, you can't be shopping <laughs> for this amount and not have any money. Yeah. So the, it was like an IRS thing, and then oh my god. So they had to ship it back to Paris, and then they had to FedEx it to me, and then yeah, that was the whole mishap. But I. I I'm glad I still made money off of it, but... Yeah, because yeah. worst case scenario... I, technically, I didn't make money off of it. I just basically got my got, shit for free. Got your money yeah. back. That's it. I sold majority of it. Roughly, I made like, what, almost... Yeah, like about 800k-ish. A little extra. On yeah, a little extra. It's, 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 it's a nice side hustle for that. Yeah, but only because I had the extra money to do it. Right. You know? So yeah, if you need, cause it, it, it's not, cause you are not getting high on your own supply, basically. No. Yeah, you it, that, you that, that's that's the thing that yeah. that's, that's that's what that's, other people, that's scary for some people. Yeah. It's like I learned that too the hard way. It's like I was buying stuff for myself, thinking that if I didn't like it or if I don't like it, you, you sell it. You sell it. Yeah. But that's not the truth. Yeah. You know, it's you, not that easy to it's sell not, shit. Also, yeah, it's not that easy to sell shit. Also, just and even if you could, you could sell it. You're gonna want something else, and yeah. then it, if a you just don't, spit, yeah, it's a bottomless pit. You just okay. don't don't know if you don't know how to to stop like that addiction from it. Then yeah, you, you're done. It's it's not good business. <laughs> it's not good business at all. No, you'll end up burning. Yeah, bur- in your burning and yeah. everyone else's pocket around you if you start borrowing money. And then uh, you're just gonna be stuck at making sure that you know you appear as if you know you're you're doing good. And it, it's less, and now at this point, a lot of the kids are running the social media game. You give yeah. two kids a thousand dollars each. One would spend six hundred fifty dollars to start up a business. Mm-hmm. The other kid would spend six hundred fifty dollars to go on vacation, <laughs> do it for the grand baby. <laughs> post, post like, oh, I'm in Hong Kong, I'm in Singapore, a. So the, everyone else would think that, oh, so kid A traveling is doing so much better than kid B, who's who, who's putting actually, all the work, who's actually investing the six hundred fifty dollars in the long game. And then now everyone on Instagram or Facebook or whatever is like, oh shit, like what's happening to Kid B? It's like he's not going anywhere when in fact <laughs> he's the one who has a better future than he Kid talk, uh, he, he's he's the one that actually Invent. took took the like the long game. Yeah. 
Like he didn't, he didn't think like short term. No, he, wherein, he like, took it long game. It's like he's the one who's not really posting about anything, you know. But like you know, it's 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 how kids are now, diba? Right? Like everyone wants something instant. Yeah. No, and everyone wants people to think this when in fact it's this. I right. Mean, it's you it's know, life. It, it, it's it's not real. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's not real. Like that's why you can't take like social media too seriously. Yes. Just just because of that. And that's why I post a lot of memes because like, <laughs> <Right>? no, come on. <laughs> I can't be posting like all flaunting, flexing every single part of the day. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you know, um, it's it's funny too. Like, you know, they have to keep putting up with it. Like, yeah. You know, keeping up with the Kardashians or basically, you know. Being that kind of, of, of lifestyle, it's not sustainable. Yeah. No, like, yeah, like, because, like, yeah, they get... It's they, not practical. It, it's basically, like, the kids, a lot of people who, who inherit the money, they end up spending it on so much. Yeah. And it's the like, shit that they don't, yeah. they don't need. Yeah. To impress people they don't even know, yeah. like... <laughs> to, to keep up with the lifestyle they think they can afford, when in fact, they're making more... They're making, or they're spending more money than they're making. It's uh, spending billions. It's making millions. It's scary. Billions, it, 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 it's scary, and yeah. that's that's why you have so much debt. It's because of that. Yeah. Because in, in the states, it's it's that's how they like even with the, with your salary, you're making this much, and when your salary comes, you already know where it's going. Yeah. Your credit card bills. Yeah, and then <laughs> at the end of the day, you're just like. I think that's that a that's a happen. bad mindset that kids have now, especially yeah. those that are earning uh, good money. Is that they're not saving enough of money. They they already know where their money is going. Yeah, they're going. They're, they're before it even comes. They're traveling. Fifteenth like and thirtieth, they know I, where it's going. I mean, it's good and all that they're traveling. You know, exploring, right. taking life. Uh, I mean, making life. Um, well, for whatever it is, you know, but then end of the day everyone's gonna end up being 65 and homeless right you know like they still have to set aside money i mean they're all like yo you know i can start doing that when i'm like 30 35 40 right. and then when they get to that point they already owe so much money that they're just like okay like, i need okay, to, I need to like, like i need to work again yeah now what do i do work I'm harder like, yeah. because i have bills to pay yeah and then like they can't retire at 65 because they they owe so much debt, yeah. Or either they owe money, or they haven't saved up uh, saved up enough money to retire, and then it's just it's just a whole vicious cycle, cycle of owing yeah. money, or your kids having to take care of you, That's and then it. yeah, now your kids won't have freedom because you because they have to take care of you because you you wanted to travel when you were younger. It's a vicious cycle yeah. all throughout. I mean. It, shit, I'm sorry. I'm a business owner. You know, I sell to these kids. But like, <laughs> hey. Just one message you have, like, for for kids who wants to be, like, an entrepreneur. Like, who really wants to do a business that they actually want to do. No, honestly, you just really have to. Like, for me, I always think about it every single day. It's really the price you pay for the life you choose. If, if you want to live the, a certain way of life, then you have to sacrifice a certain amount of time, a certain amount of hard work. If you don't, then don't expect anything out of life. 
expect the worst if you don't if it's you don't much, give your much, best it's how much sacrifice yes. and hard work you put into yes. it yes it's a, it's a process it's it's definitely a process it's it's you can't really just trust the process you <laughs> no know? no like, you no know? trust in yourself yeah trust in yourself <laughs> don't be afraid to trust other people but don't trust too much because you know there's so many snakes out there right the only, the only person you trust is yourself mm-hmm. and your gut feel. Yeah, up to a certain I think degree. I think you developed that gut feel through time. Right? Yeah, you 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 know like that's why you really just have to trust everyone when you're younger. When you, that's why I ask. And that's I mean, how you I become tell, tougher. I tell all of my friends to start now because if you fuck up while you're young, you still have time to stand up. Right. If you fuck up when you're like sixty, like okay, yeah, just maybe you still have time, but <laughs> yeah. you know you can't really lesser time. That yeah, much, lesser you know? time. Like you can make yeah. make your mistakes now, yeah. and your people in their twenties, early thirties, yeah. make your mistakes because now it's, because it's, it's it's first half. Yeah, you're it's, n- you're not even in your second half. It's it's a lot harder when you when you have, you know, certain obligations, having a family responsibility. If you fuck up, then it's not gonna be you. It's your family who's gonna be, like, basically going hungry or yeah. you know. So yeah, it's really the price you pay for the life. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Please visit anchor.fm slash show to view the entire list of platforms where you can listen to the show. For any comments, reactions, or whatever you want to say, send it to show on Instagram or on my account at antonioaguirre.junior and I'll make sure to respond to all of your messages. This is Life Deck, signing off.